Amen, amen. Well, it's good to see you all again. Good to have people. I, I told them, told several people this week, it's like Christmas every day, every Sunday. Somebody new is here that I haven't seen for a long time or maybe ever. So it's, it's been fantastic uh, to see you all, to be in a place where we can lift our voices and we can hear voices. Uh, so it's a very busy week. I want to commend all of our services to you. We had a little faux pas today. Uh, when the brochure we sent out or gave out, maybe it was on GPS, it said 11 o'clock today, um, so I might have to preach this sermon again. Uh, <laughs> but I want you to uh, give yourself to this week, um, the, the different services that we have, because Holy Week is one of the years, I'm not very liturgical throughout the year, but Holy Week is one of those times that I think it, it being liturgical and walking through the services Monday, Thursday, and Jesus instituting the Lord's Supper and Good Friday, the death, and, and marinating on those as you walk through this week, I think it gives an emphasis and, and greater importance to the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we commend all of our services to you. Uh, we had a great night last night. We had an outdoor service, um, uh, and a Easter egg hunt had a good showing from the community, and, and people stayed for the service, and so that was fantastic to be outside and to fellowship with one another. Um, uh, uh, it's just every day is a new, uh, we talked about last night, God's mercies are new every morning, and so even in coming out of the darkness or coming out of wherever we might be, uh, God's mercies are there for us, and, and God is about uh, all things being made new. So we rejoice. All right, our scripture today, our final day um, of our characteristics of a disciple, we're talking about faith. All right, we talked about love, which is probably the main uh, foundational thing of being a disciple that we get from God and who God is. Our part in this relationship, our part in being the disciple, probably the most important is faith. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Our scripture comes out of Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 21. Listen for the word of the Lord. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew or Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed before unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I pray that you would guide the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth. Lord, that all that are hearing these words, whether they be in person or, Lord, through social media, Lord, I pray that uh, we would hear the message that you have for us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this is a busy time for pastors and for worship staff, and it gets hectic uh, for, throughout church all 
throughout the week and leading up to this week. And so I was praying about what to um, preach about faith, because it's such an important topic, such a big topic, um, and such a, a theological topic, which I had a meat and potatoes sermon uh, that I would have loved. Y'all probably would have hated, but I, I would have loved it. But I, I was walking last night, and I, I passed Kimber, right? That's Jeff and Ashley's daughter. And she reminded me of a, something she told me on Wednesday. She said, I made a, and I'm going to mess this up. I wish she was here to straighten me out, but you'll get the gist. She goes, I made, a, I made you a character. And I said, what? I made you a character. I said, what do you mean you made me a character? In a game I play, it's, and I don't, I don't know what it is, but it, it never heard of it before. She goes, it's a game called Got Your Life. Is that right? Got your life. I got your life. She goes, and I made an image of you. I was like, oh, that's. That's sweet. Kimber Sweet made an image of me in her game. She thought of me. I said, well, what did I, so I said, so you have control over me? She goes, yeah. yeah I always tease her about bringing me Chick-fil-A. I said, so you can, you control and make me do whatever you want. She goes, yeah. I said, well, what'd you make me do? She said, you walked in and said, I'm out and threw a chair. I said, well, that, that about sums me up. <laughs> but I just thought about that all week, how cute that was, and, and this idea of that I got your life. And I thought about that on my drive back and forth from Fort Worth, and I thought, man, that, that's about faith. That, in the end, that's what it is all about when we talk about faith. As we go into this Holy Week and we're talking about faith, this week... And our faith begins with the truth. You know, Scripture says that the truth will set you free. And I was listening to this podcast, and they were talking about the truth, and, and they were talking about somebody that had come and discussed with them how hard the gospel is, how hard uh, Christianity is. And they were kind of in this discussion, and, and the summary was, or at least my summary out of it was, it is, the gospel's not hard. Christianity's not hard. Grace isn't hard. It's the truth that it brings that's hard. We have a problem with the truth, and the truth can be hard. Our scripture says, all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. And as we talk about Palm Sunday, it is, it is the story of Palm Sunday, Jesus' triumphal enter, in, in, entering into Jerusalem, that there was a confusion about the truth. You know, we, we often think about them waving Jesus in as the, the Savior that's going to save us. And we, we know the, the story, and so we think of him as the Savior of our souls and our salvation and all that good stuff. But that's not what the crowds were celebrating. The palm leaf was really a political statement. They were, they were hoping Jesus was the guy that was going to overthrow and free them from the Romans. And so they were celebrating a political coup. They had a different idea of who Jesus was and what he came to do. The truth was different than their perception. And we know how that ended up. Same crowds, a few days later, were yelling to release Barabbas, crucify him. That is not what we were expecting. He is not 
what we were hoping for. His truth is not what we want. They didn't want to deal with it. And so truth is the beginning of our faith. The truth about the world. You know, the world, the truth is, it is a fallen place. Most people who have ever lived, we, we have a little more trouble, especially in our culture, especially in our area, in our community, because most people who have ever lived, this life has been a struggle. And there has been hardship and tribulation. And so when we say the world is a fallen place and it can be hard and harsh, we go, it's a pretty good place. Well, for us, and even if we're honest, we have struggles, right? All the statistics, especially coming out of the pandemic, uh, with the, the increase in mental health and suicides and drug abuse, and, and that's in uh, good communities, bad communities. Mental illness, as I said, is on the rise. So even if we're honest, it's, it's, a, it's a tough world. And the truth about us. Right? Humanism has creeped into our understanding of the world, and so we look around and say, people are generally good. Well, we look at the news and we see crime and murder and stealing, and, and we hear all about, we look at politics and that, that shamble, and just, I mean, over and over, it's like, well, there's not a lot of goodness going around. We find goodness. There's pockets of light, there's pockets of, but the truth about we have all sinned, we all fall short of the glory of God. And then the truth about God. See, this is where this subject, when I talked about meat and potatoes and talking about the law, um, this is a big subject because we always turn religion into law. Because at its core, we want to make it about us. And so if it's about law and the works of righteousness, then it's all about what we do. But see, that's what Jesus teaches against to the Pharisees. That's what Paul goes into such explanations about in his theological books, Galatians and Romans, Hebrews, that no one can be saved by Righteousness by works of the law. He tells us here, as he goes in from 3 to Romans 4, he says, it is not by works that we are saved. It is by faith. It is believing. And if we know the gospel story, it's always good to get a refresher going into Holy Week. The gospel story is sin has entered into the world. When we tell the story of original sin in all of humanity, what is it? Looking at chapter 3, the fall, it is us choosing our will over God's will. It, chapter 3 is a foreshadowing of the entire uh, Bible. It is God said, here is my will, here is my command. Do not eat from that tree because that's what's best for you and best for the order of creation that I have created. But I've given you this free gift, this free will that allows you to love and also allows you, if used poorly, to sin. And what is at the core of original sin in humanity? What is at the core? Broken faith. They didn't have to know why they shouldn't eat from the tree. They didn't have to know uh, what God's motives were. All they had to do was trust him and believe him and have faith. And so at the core of original sin in humanity is broken trust, broken faith. 
But also, as Romans talks about, the one Adam and the two Adam, at the core of our redemption in Jesus Christ is renewed faith. When God says, I have given my son that all those who believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, shall be redeemed, shall be forgiven. All you have to do is trust me, is have faith. So the very thing that turned this gift into a curse, this free will, is the very thing that turns the curse back into the gift when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Because the Old Testament tells us we cannot be the chosen people and their relationship with God tells us we can't be good enough. We can't be faithful enough. We can't do it on our own. We need a Savior. That's what the law is supposed to point us to. We try to live by the law. We find that we can't. And we throw ourselves on the mercy of God. And it's a gift. It's free. There's nothing we can do to earn it. By definition, that's a gift. We can't follow the law. We can't be good enough. We can't be faithful. All we have to do is receive it in faith. It is a gift of grace by God. That all we have to do is to receive it. And yet we still have trouble with that. To receive it and to believe it. That God is who God says he is, and God can do what God says he can do. And that's our faith. Um, Paul says in Romans, you know, it's always been faith. He, He goes through, he says, was it the law that Abraham, he uses Abraham as an example, was it the law that made him righteous? No, hadn't even been given yet for 430 years. Was it the sign of the covenant? No, he hadn't been circumcised yet. He hadn't had the sign of the covenant. What does it say? He goes all the way back to Genesis 15, 6, and Romans tells us, Galatians tells us, why was Abraham considered righteous in, in, in the eyes of God? Because God told him he was going to do something miraculous, and Abraham believed him. So Paul says, we have now a person to put our faith in, an an object, a person to put our faith in. But it's always really been about faith from the beginning, in the brokenness, in the those that were righteous. Because People in the Old Testament, now I can say this, I I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up in a Christian, and so I had these, I had a distant relationship, so I knew about Abraham and Moses and David, and and they were big men of the Bible, so they're righteous men of Scripture. And I didn't, I had a secular understanding of what that is, and when I became a Christian and began to read, I said, all these dudes were ornery and sinners, I'm very confused. But you know what they all had? In spite of their failures, in spite of their humanness, in spite of their weakness? Faith. They trusted God when God told them. And so it's always been about faith. As we go into this, let's understand, it is all God. It is all God. Because we can get, we can even turn that into being about us. I have a great faith, or she has a great faith. It, 
It doesn't matter what kind of faith you have. It matters who your faith is in. It's the object of your faith. And it's not about us. That's what we got to give out of our head as we go into this Holy Week, as we seek to live in grace by faith. It's not about us. Especially this week more than any other week illustrates that. This is not about us. It is about what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. It is about what God has done for me. But boy, I tell you what, I keep trying. I get, I get going really good on my reading and my Christian life, and I begin to think, it is all about me and how good I am. And then it's either God or me, somebody, I stumble and fall and say, nope. It's about Jesus. And I need new mercies today because I fell short again. And in the end, that's what it's about. Do we trust God? Do we trust that he loves us? Do we trust that he's got our lives? Have we given him our lives? Because it's hard. We, we, we give it to him, I, and I'm just speaking for myself. I give it to him, and then I take it back. I give it to him, and I take it back. I go, Lord, you got my life, just like Kimber. You got, I want you to control me. And then I take it back. God wants us to get to that place where we understand that he's got us. He's got you. He's got our lives. That's what we want our confirmands to know. Audrey, Drew, Kate, God's got you. He's got your life. And we want you to learn. I, I'm confessing a lot for everybody. For me, speaking to you three, I want you to get it earlier than I got it. I'm still working on it. God's got you. God's got me. God's got you. No matter what, where we find ourselves, what situation it's only till we realize that God has us will we truly be able to let go. I remember when my kids were little and I taught them how to swim and how to jump in the pool. And I, you know, taught, we started early. So they'd be like, come on, jump, jump. No, I'm not. I mean, we just go on for like forever. And it was fine. only when they realized that I had them, that I was going to catch them, that I wasn't going to let them fall. Would they jump? Would they trust me when they realized I had them? As we go into this week, remember, everything that happened this week, everything as we walk through the passion, it's all to remind us that in Jesus Christ, God has got you. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I ask your forgiveness for all those times I let you have me and then I take it back. Lord, help me be more consistent on giving my life over to you. Lord, help me as I walk through this holy week realize that, um, help me to lose myself 
and the busyness and, and the concerns and the worries that I may focus on the story and know that this is not about me as a pastor, as a person. It's not about us as a congregation. This, is, this week is to glorify you and to remember that this is not about us, but it is about what you have done for us in Jesus Christ. So we might live a life of worship and praise and service to you. Lord, we pray the prayer of the centurion that says, Lord, we believe, we have faith, but help our unbelief. Strengthen our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.